Hi, this is Lisa Davis, and welcome to another episode of Talk Healthy Today. The show provides you with the latest research tools and common sense tips you need to get and stay healthy starting today. People tell me listening to the show is like overhearing two friends talking about really incredible health topics that you want to know about. I like to really get to know my guests and I'd like you to get to know them as well. So we delve really deeply into topics and I like to share some personal anecdotes as well. To make sure you never miss an episode of Talk Healthy Today, be sure to subscribe, also rate and review. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis, and if you enjoy my podcast, Talk Healthy Today, then I know you're going to enjoy my brand new podcast with the wonderful Sunny Days, whom you've heard on the program. And if you haven't, please check out the interviews that we've done here on Talk Healthy Today. It is called Active Allyship. It's more than a hashtag. There are going to be honest, unfiltered conversations. We're going to be talking about what's happening right now with race in this country, how important it is for us to be open, how to be allies, what it takes to be an ally, how racism and feelings of bias are in our culture and how they affect each and every one of us. It is so important. We need to change things. So please join me, join Sunny, join us on Active Allyship. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Thanks. Enjoy the show. I have got a wonderful guest here today. Her name is Robin Spisman, and we're going to be talking about her absolutely fantastic fantastic book, Loving Out Loud, The Power of a Kind Word. Robin is a New York Times bestselling author, and I'm thrilled to have her. Hi, Robin. Hi, Lisa. It's great to be on your show. It is so nice to have you on the program. When I got your book, I thought, Loving Out Loud, that's what I do. I love to just say a kind word, especially to someone I don't know. I mean, I say it to the people I love as well, but I don't know. It just, it, you know, I'll be at the store and I'll see somebody, oh my God, your eyes are pretty. Oh, I love that sweater. And sometimes people are like, oh God, you do that a lot. I'm like, yeah, but I really mean it. I'm not just saying it to make someone's day. I, I, I say it because it's true. And then it does really help people along, doesn't it? It really does. And what's so amazing, I was online holding with a uh, customer service representative and she had a beautiful voice. And I said to her, you have such a lovely voice. I think she was shocked. <laughs> I think that that's the problem today, that loving out loud is not it's not the new normal and it's not even something that most people are comfortable with. And so we're going to reverse the paradigm and talking today about loving out loud, the power of a kind word. It doesn't mean Pollyanna. It does not mean covered glasses. And it does not mean that you're going to give false, insincere flattery. It means we're going to pay attention to what each other are doing. That makes life a little gentler, easier, kinder, and then we're not going to resist a generous thought and we're going to share it out loud. Yeah. You know, one of the things I learned from my dad was when we would go out to any restaurant, whoever the waiter or waitress is, my dad would always immediately say, oh, hi, Bob. How's, how's your day going? And then, you know, instead of just like, yeah, I'll take the hamburger, you know, and I, and I really admired that. And it's the same way, like when I go to my neighborhood grocery store, I know everybody, I ask about their kids, how are things going? What's, how's your grandma feeling? And it just makes a difference. And, and you talk about in the book to be interested instead of interesting. And that's something that, that's why I read your book. I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I live this and I love it. So I'm so glad that other people are going to get to do that. I'm sure there are obviously other people already doing it, but just to have that extra, you know, wonderful support that you give. Well, Lisa, you came this way and obviously your father set the example, example, example. So you knew that you can 
reboot, reset someone's day just by a kind word. And it reminds us about the best of us, you know, sharing the best of us with the rest of us. In Loving Out Loud, I address raising kinder children, deepening your friendships, how to avoid um, not being heard, because that's really one of the essential ingredients of Loving Out Loud, is that in order to be heard, we have to realize we have to listen to ourselves. And that sometimes is difficult. So we're going to move towards something more thoughtful within our own thoughts and then shift that. And instead of rushing to do our to-do list, we're never going to forget our to-love list. The to-love list reminds us every day, the people we care about, the people we meet, that everyone can experience something a little bit kinder in this world if we slow down, stop hurrying, and get a little calmer and bring um, a little bit more peace and joy to the world and those around us. In fact, our children, instead of rushing them, we're late, we're late, we've got to go. Really listen to yourselves and think about where it all begins and go first. Yeah. And I love when you say listening to yourself and, and thinking about ourselves because you know, that you talk about that there's a lot of, we have a lot of negative self-talk and we're, we need, I, I'm so easy, it's so easy for me to show kindness to everybody else. But for myself, I'm like, oh God, I'm such a mess. Why did I go so long without getting a haircut? I look like a monster, you know, or <laughs> like other negative, why are my yes. thighs so jiggly yes. or whatever? Well, geez, don't even get me started. So I can go on for three hours. It's ridiculous. But how do I show, how do people show that kindness to themselves? That's where you have to start. Well, first of all, do you want to listen to that, Lisa? Do you want to no. listen to that? Because, <laughs> all right. And so it's kind of like our inner roommates talking to us and like, I wish she would move into another room sometimes. <laughs> but in order to do that, you have to start your day and remember today's a new day. I get another chance at this thing called human beings being, and then think about being a part of humankind, which is humans being kind, be kinder to yourself. Um, I'm obviously someone who listens to my advice, who needs my advice. I'm, I'm trying to take my advice by starting each morning and saying, you know, if you take care of the first few minutes of your day, the rest follows. But if you wake up and say you're exhausted, you're tired, you look like you've been run over by a Mack truck, um, the day then starts to go downhill. So I like to look in the mirror and say, you've got this. It's going to be a good day. Slow down do one kind thing. So I'll make a call to someone who, who needs me or who needs a, you know, um, a hand up, not a handout. And I think the idea is this book talks about showing up in other people's lives, lifting up and then never giving up because we all have relationships. We all have family members or friends that they don't get us. They don't understand us. They don't, why I'm being so nice. Why are they responding like this? And the reality is when you learn how to ask, like the book suggests for the gift of listening, then you give me permission for me to share in a loving manner exactly what I'm feeling, especially if I sat with it for a day, I didn't have a knee jerk response. And I think about that thought and feeling and say, is this important enough to address? And then to also remember asking for help is something we all have to do when we're having a difficult time. Yeah, that's true. We really do. And and another thing that I really admire about the book is that you touch on grief. And I know that you lost your parents. Uh, it was pretty recently. 
Yes. If I yes. understand, I'm very sorry. It's Thank very you. hard. My mother just had her 24 year death anniversary. So I was, so I was oh, 28. Wow. So I feel like I really didn't have her very long as an adult. And we had a rough relationship just in terms of she was chronically ill and I had to, my sister and I had to care for her. She had a lot of conflict with my brother who was challenging. She didn't handle it in a, in a very healthy manner. And it, it's just, and then when I moved out, a lot of the resentment I had about taking care of her subsided and because I wasn't taking care of her. And I was able to see what a beautiful, kind, loving person she was. And we became super close, but more like a friend than a mom. Like I thought of her as like a best friend. We could talk about everything. And then she died. I'm like, wait, what is, you know, and, but we never really got to work out any of the stuff that I struggled with growing up. And it's just so tough. And and I like that you say, when people say, oh, you should, you know, you get over it. You don't get over it. You learn to, you, you get, you get used to it, I feel. And you kind of learn to live with it. And, but it's still really hard. Lisa, first of all, I give you such credit because here on national radio, you're talking about being real and being honest about what, what hurts, what hurt your relationship. Um, and I think we all have moments in our lives that are unresolved and that we wish could have perhaps been different. And loving out loud begins with the concept of what part of this can we accept? We don't have to forget that it happened. We don't have to, but where can we move towards an acceptance? And here's the deal. We all come with baggage. This is a friend who's a psychologist. Um, His wisdom is featured in loving out loud often. And he said to me that he had attended a psychologist event for psychologists, and the speaker said, how many of you have baggage? And of course, <laughs> everyone in the room raised their hand, and they said, how many of you are you know, in a relationship, a friendship, a marriage, or a significant other with baggage? And everyone raised their hand again. And he said, the, the way that life works is when you have baggage and I have baggage, but we then lift each other's baggage for each other. So if you have a go-to girlfriend, you have a, a best friend, a sister, a brother, an aunt, an uncle, a cousin, a teacher, someone, it, that's what life is. We're lifting each other's baggage. So your way to the world is not so heavy. And Lisa, we come with that. And how we define ourselves now is what really then defines life for us because everybody has a story. Lisa has a story. So I'm interested. What's one thing you do, Lisa, that helps you shift the thought from maybe more less painful and more maybe purposeful, um, not a victim, more victorious? How do you deal? What's one thing that's helped you move from that that profound loss and in life to something you're able to better deal with? I think it's how I raise my daughter and the way, because she's very challenging as well, like my brother, and she's on the spectrum and has some an ADHD and some other issues. And we have a very, very close relationship, but it's also very challenging. And I I learned a lot of, of what not to do from what my the way my mother reacted. And so I stepped back. I don't yell. She was a yeller. That doesn't help anybody. I active listen. I I love what you have in the book about becoming a good listener. I'd love to talk about that in a few moments, but 
that's what I do. I'm, I'm more present. I, I don't, I'm not perfect. I use, apparently I use a tone that my daughter hates, but I'm still not yelling. <laughs> I'm going to get frustrated. And I say, look, we're all going to get frustrated. We, we can be frustrated, but we're going to, I'm going to apologize when I do something wrong with her. And I'm going to listen to what she has to say. So Lisa got the lesson. And the lesson is we are always students in life. And what you now know is the tone she hears is different than your intentions. So what I've learned, even with my voice, if I want someone to hear me better, I slow down. I even do it with children who are, when I wrote two books, I had the great honor of co-authoring with doctors Stephen and Marianne Garber, two books on attention deficit. And we were one of the first books Random House published on the topic. Oh, I got to read that. Yes, yes, decades ago. And then we wrote another sequel to that. Um, Dr. Garber was on the Today Show talking about it. We really are aware that in life we are all um, looking at what our strengths are. We have to play to our strengths. So you have to look at what's one good thing we do because it can feel often like everything is wrong, right? And that can happen. But if every day find one good thing, and, and write it down, whether it's a journal, whether you Facebook it, whatever you do, and you're comfortable doing, even thinking it, one good thing. So what's one good thing about today? Um, it, today could be a disaster for you. You could be, be challenged at work. You could have lost your job. You could be having an illness in the family or yourself. But if we do not use our thoughts to create some peace in our lives, our bodies are more stressed. So loving out loud in, this, in the research has been proven, gratitude, kindness are proven to be um, very emphatically helpful to the manner in which our body perceives um, our, our thoughts. And we stress ourselves, our hearts, our vascular systems, our inflammation. Stress is an enormous contributor so when we slow down, and even like with your daughter or with anyone, and shift the behavior that you wish to see happen, you have to go first. And you have if you do the same old thing you've always done, you will get the same old thing you've always gotten. <laughs> so yep. what's going to be different today? And then it's going to take a little time. You cannot snap your fingers and make others love you out loud. And I've, I've interviewed hundreds of individuals who told me, how they made the shift. Now, when my parents passed, the grief was so profound. I mean, I cried like, you could look at me wrong and I would cry. And then I asked, you know, uh, um, an authority, why do we cry? And they said, we cry because we give a profound voice to something that meant the world to us. And I understood that then I was so loved, I must pour it back into the world. And in your case, you had so many challenges, you wish to make a shift so you pour more love back into the world in your own way, too, as a result of a, a more challenging relationship. But I'll give you an example of why I wrote this book. I also wrote this book, Besides for Grief, to, to really address simple little ways we could turn an ordinary moment into extraordinary bonding, was that I wrote this book for love. I remarried a wonderful man of a few words seven or eight years ago. And what happened was um, he marries a woman of a lot of words, right, Lisa? Okay. <laughs> yep. Never short on words. And he said, what would you like for Valentine's Day? 
And all along, you know, I've loved reporting on gift giving over 35 years, multiple times on national and local TV, thousands of times, actually. And I realized that I was going to make a shift. And I said, you know what, sweetheart, how about every morning I wake up and you say something kind to me? Excuse me. And I said, what might that look like? And that would start my day off on a beautiful note. And he said, what about good morning, beautiful? So I said, great. And the man of a few words started saying, good morning, beautiful. Post-it notes were left by my cereal bowl and coffee cup every morning. (laughs) He might forget one day and at five o'clock, six o'clock, nine o'clock, he'd say, good morning, beautiful. And it was like our little language. But I think what mattered more was that I asked for what I needed. And in life, yes, in life, we, we forget that that's okay. So I want to give everyone permission, don't demand it. But think about when you have an opportunity. Do you ask for a new pocketbook, a piece of jewelry? Or do you ask for words that are making you feel treasured and cherished and reminded every day? And your brain hearing that has been proven that it does change the way we look at ourselves in our day. Yeah, it really does. It's funny, too, because just a few weeks ago, I was telling my husband about the different love languages. And I was saying that mine is, I don't know, I don't have the exact names right, but I like to be touched. Like, just pass me in the kitchen and give me a kiss on the cheek or, you know, pat my shoulder. And he said, I was showing him the list and and he likes, um, I think it was acts of kindness or deeds or something. So like I make him a nice dinner or, I, you know, and it's not even like buying things. We don't even exchange gifts on birthdays or holidays. We just, I don't know, just this regular kindness goes a long way. So, so Lisa, that's a, you know, that's a great point. And so now when, when my husband holds my hand at one point in time, I was very silent and now I respond. He uses silence and I, I know he loves me and he held my hand and I'll respond. That makes my day. I'll respond. You make me feel like a million dollars. I'll respond. So my words are easily flowing. His his silence with the hand holding is clear and loud as my words. So we all love and out loud differently. This my book, Loving Out Loud, was named a, a random act of kindness by the co-creator of Random Acts of Kindness, who's like my hero in this world. And she wrote the foreword, which is life changing. If you just read those three pages, I think your life will be changed. And so what happens is we all have a different style in which we emote. And if you're sending emoticons, I can't put an emoticon, the smiley face and the treasure box in my heart as easily as I can when you say to me, have I told you how kind you are lately? And I ask that question of you with my heart. See, if you really want to let your loved ones know you love them. You might bake out loud. You might garden out loud. You might dance out loud or sing out loud. But we all have a different way of expressing it. But I wish to be remembered that everyone around me knows that I care about them and that they are visible to me, that they matter, they are important. Um, And I think that's priceless. In fact, strangers, when you meet someone and you stop, we served the homeless Sunday and it was a very big event that I initiated and run. And it was a 
pretty amazing event because I sat down with a little boy who was seven and said, what's your name? And he said, tell me his name. And I said, I noticed when the room, you know, did a prayer that you grabbed your cousin's hand and your sister's hands to hold them. You didn't wait to be told. He said, he said, looked at me in the eyes and he says, well, that's because I love them. And so the prayer represented for him love. And these two little girls are like, you know, three and five. And he's holy. he took charge of, of that love and that bond. And I don't know, it just really moved me. But I think we think about what can we do today that might make a difference. And I don't want anyone to be overwhelmed and think I'm going to completely put you on a kindness regimen and it's boot camp for kind people who say nice things. That's not what this is. You know what this is? Is This is try it. You'll be absolutely shocked when you move from being thoughtless to thoughtful. Um, you know, you really move from being aware to conscientious of someone else. When you stop and the person who walks in your house that you love the most and you're busy on the computer and the phone and, and doing a hundred things and they're in the house now for five minutes and you didn't say hello, give a warm, loving greeting as if it's the first time you've ever seen this person, you know, in the most welcoming manner instead of I'm too busy and I'll see you in a few minutes. We all need to act like our dogs. I mean, <laughs> right? I mean, yes. my gosh, you come home, they act like they've never seen you before. It's the best. You know, I've been taking loving out loud to, I think, an even bigger level. I've, I've been feeling like I don't have a good community here. A lot of my friends have moved away. And it's, uh, you know, for there was a while that I just kind of sulked about it. And I thought, you know what, I'm just kind of going to get out there and just meet people. And if they think I'm weird and don't want to hang out with me, that's fine. So I was uh, I was at uh, what was it, Target or TJ Maxx or something. And there was this lovely woman and we just started chatting and we literally only chatted a few minutes because I had to go pick up my daughter. And I said, I know this might seem odd, but I would if you seem really nice. Would you like to get together for coffee or something sometime? And now she's become like my best friend here. Oh, great. And I did. And then I had to have a blood test for something. And the woman who came to take my blood, we really hit it off. And the same thing. I'm like, hey, do you want to get together? She's like, yeah. So we, she lives kind of far, but we've like met halfway. And it just, it, you know, it, I took a risk. They could have said no, but they didn't. And it, and now I, there's this woman that we text every day, even if just to check in. And it's so nice to have a friend like that. Lisa, that's the magic ingredient to loving out loud is we can stay isolated. Um, we can stay alone. And a lot of times, hard times creates us. If you're a care, you know, um, giver to a family member, you're more isolated. If you have something going on that causes you not to be able to meet more people, but you went first. So I say, go first, take a risk. I did the same with a new neighbor and said, you know, I'd love to get to know you better. Would you like to go to lunch? And my favorite answer was her. She said, I'm open to a warm and loving friendship. I'd love to go to lunch. But you know what that art I did? We went from like we light years ahead because she told me what matters to her. Thoughtfulness, kindness, a loving relationship, a friendship that is built on, on um, reciprocity of kindness. And I think that was really moving to me because we must declare 
we, we become friends with individuals and then all of a sudden we have a problem and you wonder why. And if you begin your relationship understanding what matters, what kind of friend do you wish to have and do you wish to be? And why wouldn't we talk about that in the beginning? And most of us find it out years into a relationship that our friend was always irritated by something we did. Well, if we could tell each other in a loving manner without it being critical and we could hear someone else, I think friendships and relationships would benefit greatly. I think so too. Well, I earlier I mentioned that I was going to ask you about the steps to becoming a good listener. And the first one is uh, appreciate the other person for caring enough to share their feelings with you. And I love this. I love the way you tell a story. Thank you for sharing with me. Oh, then I'm going to tell you something. This is a hard <laughs> one. And I will tell you I'm the first until someone tells you this. If I said, well, Lisa, you did blah, 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 blah. And then you'd say, you'd defend it. No, that's not what I meant. I, I really, uh, the problem is when we knee jerk a response, if we could shift our own behavior, and I'm going to assign everyone listening to this because I promise you it's not easy. Someone says something and you are, you go from a zero to a 10 or you're irritated or you're upset or hurt. You want to respond, defend yourself, talk your way out of the situation. It doesn't work. Here's what works. Someone says something to you, even if they're off their, you know, like whatever they're, you know, not even on the same planet you're on. And they say, you weren't very nice to me when I walked in the room. And I'm like, what? Like, are you kidding? And so instead of having a negative response, like when I saw you, I thought you were talking to my cousin. And instead of being defensive, try accepting what they say and say, gosh, thank you for sharing that. And then pause. And if you want to say something, instead of being defensive, say, you know, what? I didn't notice that. I appreciate you sharing it. What that does is it doesn't, it does, what it really does is it allows someone to be more willing to tell you the truth because we make people fearful of us by not allowing them to share what's on their mind because then they've hurt our feelings or they're going to get a terrible reaction. If it's safe to share your feelings in a productive, thoughtful way, a safe, productive, thoughtful way, the world will be a better place. But that doesn't mean blast everyone, criticize people, be negative. It does mean their book, their problems a book can't solve, but in loving out loud, the power of a kind word, please look at how do you speak to people when you slow down and you trust the process more and you communicate instead of arguing all the time, you will get further. In fact, people will hear you better. And when you're ready to express something perhaps negative, they'll be more willing to listen. Yeah, I agree. Number two is demonstrate attentive listening behavior by maintaining eye contact while you are talking and stop what you are doing if possible to listen. My husband's amazing. We've been happy forever. <laughs> We've been together 21 years, married 19. But sometimes he'll, st like, I'll be talking and he'll still be looking at something else or he's an avid reader and I'll be like, hun, he's like, no, no, I'm listening. I'm like, well, then put the book down or put the phone down or, you know, it's, I mean, he is a really, you know, maybe he, he can do a million things at once, but I tell him not to. <laughs> and it's not all the time. <laughs> Lisa, every, yes. everyone listening has had this happen. Okay. okay. It's a Okay. <laughs> so number one, everyone, no matter what your situation is, you're not alone. 
but you cannot change any emotionally um, charged moments or the, the ordinary moments like, are you listening to me? You're not listening to me. You're never listening to me. <laughs> you won't get very far with, with that. So let me just say the person's just going to tune you out and they're going to go, you're right. So why should I start now listening? So if you take away their motivation and, the, and don't inspire them. So here's what I'd like to suggest with your husband. Um, first of all, there's a technique in the book, Dr. Rick Blue, a psychologist suggests called the gift of listening. And even though we're dialoguing, we're actually talking to someone in another room. Honey, will you be sure to get the, you know, that doesn't work. So in the, the first thing is, can you see their eyeballs? You know, it's like, can you look into each other's eyes? If my back is to my husband and he's on the computer behind me and I'm talking to him and I'm over here and he's over there, we, you learn to talk by walkie talkies in a sense. I suggest you explain what it means to listen to each other. And when he is talking to you about his tire on his car and the gas tank, which you have no interest in, let's say, are you listening equally as well? So when he tells a story, this is just recently, my husband was telling a story and, and I promised the topic had left my mind. I was already <laughs> thinking about what I needed to do tomorrow. And, and I, um, I recognize I need to be a better listener, even if it's not the top topic in the world of interest at this moment. How can I be interested? So I let him tell the story. Well, I didn't just let him. I was a I was respectful. Let's just call it respectful of his story. And when he was done, I said, I love your storytelling because he had such a smile on his face and his eyes smile when he is happy. And and I validated it. And so then a few minutes later, I noticed I had something to tell him. He was actually more willing to listen because I went first and like, it's like everybody gets a turn, but I do believe Lisa that when we stop and we make a shift, sometimes it's that moment you'll, you have to, timing is everything. So I know you don't listen does not work or you, you know, and I know that if he's doing something, why am I talking to him? He's busy. <laughs> so I've already set myself up for failure by when he's on the computer and he's completely engaged in a topic. And I want to talk about what was on sale today that I, you know, we look, I saved a dollar 20 today. <laughs> um, you know, he's already engaged. So I think we also have to look at when do we set time aside for each other to listen and to talk? And um, it's a beautiful thing when we become more conscious of what's the other person doing at that moment. Yeah, I completely agree. You are just fantastic. Number three, do not interrupt or cut off their sentence because you think you know what they're about to say. Okay, that I, I do that, unfortunately, but I'm working on it with him. Avoid talking over someone, learn to stop yourself, hold that thought, and wait while listening. Lisa, I do it too. <laughs> so if we're if we're truly opening up ourselves and saying, this is human behavior. I know what you're going to say. I'm right. This feels great. I'm yes. going to just show you I know you better than anyone on earth. So you don't have to talk anymore. I can talk for you. <laughs> it doesn't go very far. But but we still do it because we're so ingrained with that want to be right. I, I want to either be right or I want to be happy. If you want to be happy, then let someone else be wrong occasionally, if it didn't hurt anybody, 
notice all day long. Are you giving advice? Well, you know, you, you might need a different career and, or are you, are you creating safe places for people you love to engage with you? We learn so much by saying nothing. Say nothing. Try it. I'll try. And number four, when the other person has shared their feelings, repeat what you heard, comment on it, or add to the conversation so you make it clear that you have listened and are interested. This is the greatest lesson. It just happened to me. A friend of mine's husband was in the hospital. She's calling me. She's phenomenal. It was about an event that we volunteered together on. And it was really an important conversation. We needed each other's information. We're exchanging it. She's at the hospital. And all of a sudden, like the next morning, I remembered she was at the hospital. Why didn't I ask her about, oh my goodness, how her husband's doing? So I immediately emailed and said, please forgive me last night. I was so interested in the conversation. I forgot that you're literally at the hospital with your husband. And I, and so if we Try to, even if we do wrong, we can do right by going back and saying, gosh, you know, can I pick up the pieces this morning and tell you I'm thinking of you? I think we don't always mean to be um, forgetful or unkind. So today I've loved Lisa being on your show because you're so real and authentic to being interested in what will help everyone listening. But if I give one message in loving out loud, you begin with yourself. And then when you move forward, think about raising kinder children. There's an amazing chapter on how to do that, to be a kinder finder, to move towards being humankind. So we're humans being kind. And just to take a deep breath and slow down and notice sometimes we hold our breath so long. It's amazing. We don't pass out, but we must breathe and be aware of the moment because the present is a gift. And that's what we have this holiday season. You're a gift, Robin Spisman. <laughs> I mean, I, I want you to come back because I want to do a whole thing on kids. And, you bet. You know, love that. I just would, I mean, you, I would love to have you on regularly. I think you're an absolute gem. Robin, tell everyone where they can find more out about you and about the book. Absolutely. Loving Out Loud, The Power of a Kind Word is on every digitally online resource like Amazon.com. I'd love you to get the book and then read it, post a review, how has it helped you and what might you go do with it? Because if it is a random act of kindness, then not only are you being gentle to yourself, you're being gentle to others. And my website is robinspeisman.com, R-O-B-Y-N-S-P-I-Z-M-A-N. And Lisa, you're loving out loud. You were born this way, my dear. <laughs> they definitely both taught me to love out loud. Robin, thank you so, for, so much for coming on. I want to thank everybody. Please rate, review, subscribe to and follow me on Twitter. I finally got a good Twitter handle, at Lisa Davis MPH. How easy is that? Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. And if you enjoy my podcast, Talk Healthy Today, then I know you're going to enjoy my brand new podcast with the wonderful Sunny Days, whom you've heard on the program. And if you haven't, please check out the interviews that we've done here on Talk Healthy Today. It is called Active Allyship. It's more than a hashtag. There are going to be honest, unfiltered conversations. We're going to be talking about what's happening right now with race in this country, how important it is for us to be open, how to be allies, what it takes to be an ally, how racism and feelings of bias are in our culture and how they affect each and every one of us. 
it is so important. We need to change things. So please join me, join Sunny, join us on Active Allyship. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Thanks. Enjoy the show.